Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Modern Gnostic. This is episode four, where we take a rambling look at gratitude. Uh, In today's climate, it seems it has become easier and easier to focus on the negative side of things, the downside of things. We hear every day that depression, anxiety, sadness are on the rise all around us, and it's not hard to see reasons why. But as Gnostics who are searching for a freedom that transcends the boundaries of the material world, one of the powerful tools of our inner alchemy is the attitude of gratitude. And we get in that today on Modern Gnostic. I hope you like it. You know, we live in pretty amazing times. There's so many ways and it's so it's so easy that it's cliche or typical to just be down about the current state of the world with a 24-hour endless news cycle, the drama of social media, the rising fundamentalist religion of complete absorption in politics. It's easy to get discouraged about the world. It's easy. But let me tell you, friends, uh, sitting here in my car at 9.15 a.m. in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, with my phone mounted on my windshield and recording a podcast, I am struck by how beautiful uh, the world that we live in is. Um, Almost my entire life has been devoted to exploring consciousness and spiritual ideas and writing about them and having conversations with friends where I talk about these things and even having a few occasions in my life where I was able to get up in front of audiences and and speak on these things. Um, About three or four years ago, I became aware of podcasts and started listening to podcasts and it completely transformed my life. Um, Nowadays and for the last few years, whenever I'm walking around or working out or driving in my car or cleaning my house or doing the dishes, I'm usually listening to some sort of book, lecture, discussion, speech, guided meditation, spiritual teaching, something. And it is amazing that in 2020, we can do this with this device that we carry in our pockets. Before this time, uh, people traveled the world. Uh, They spent all of their money uh, to go and travel and sit with teachers to get teachings that we can easily find today on YouTube or iTunes. And it's really incredible. I mean, even in my life, I'm 47 years old, and even in my life, getting to sit with spiritual teachers has up until very recently involved uh, great cost and travel unless you just happen to live in the town that they're in. Um, and while it's it's still, I think, a worthwhile endeavor, obviously, to go sit face-to-face and meet people who influence you and have an impact on your life, it's amazing that we can sit and listen to so much. It's almost like It's almost like the Library of Alexandria exists in the smartphone that I carry in my pocket. And the thing that strikes me about how uh, beautiful and marvelous this is, is that 
I can just get my phone out and just hit record and start contributing to this myself. And this lends this great sense of wonder and power in the world. And this morning, I got up this morning at about 6.30 a.m. Um, Althea has been out of town for about a week, which I really, um, I, I've never lived alone, totally alone in my life. I went from living at my parents' house, to living with girlfriends, to living in temples and ashrams, to being in prison, to living with family, to living with friends. Um, and now, you know, when Althea goes out of town and I'm at our house all by myself, I'm struck with this kind of strange sense of loneliness that I, I never have just been alone for extended periods of time. And I recognize the ways in which it offers me important opportunities for growth. Uh, and it's funny, you know, people, when I tell them that my fiance is going out of town, people will make the, the joke of, of, oh yeah, you know, you get to live the bachelor life. What are you going to do? Uh, you get to live the bachelor life. And my immediate response is, while I think it is good for me to spend some time alone and to learn to lean into those feelings of, of being alone, I don't want to be a bachelor. <laughs> I love uh, being in partnership. I think uh, partnership is is the spiritual path for me. The relationship with other as lover is the path for me. It's a it's a mirroring and a and a manifestation of my relationship with Hashem, with the divine, with God. Um, uh, and so, I, I I don't like the bachelor life. Is is my answer to that question. Um, but I'm saying all this to say is last night I was, I was having a deep sense of this feeling of loneliness and something that I have been practicing over the last six or seven months is recognizing the ways in which when hard emotions come up for me, I have a tendency to push them down, suppress them, um, divert my attention from them, um, my life over my life i've developed a multitude of methods for avoiding the hard emotional content or convincing myself that i shouldn't feel it or it's silly or something like that and particularly emotional content that makes me feel small and afraid uh but i would say over the last 2 or 3 months i had this interesting breakthrough where i was experiencing one of these uh, emotional uh, these feelings of kind of smallness and weakness. And I closed my eyes and I had a vision of myself as a little boy kind of hiding behind my mother's apron and, and crying and being scared to come out. And that so embodied that feeling for me. And what I did in that moment, what I recognized in the moment, something that I've learned from my partner is this practice of reparenting myself. And so in visualization, I, me now as a 47-year-old man, went to my little boy self and took him by the hand and wiped his tears and assured him that it was okay to come out and feel that fear and that I had his back and that I wouldn't let him fail and that even if he did fall down and momentarily fail, I would be right there to pick him back up again. And 
as I say this, I, I have the awareness on one hand, I worry that it sounds silly and that it doesn't sound particularly masculine. And then on the other hand, I get goosebumps with how powerfully transformative this visualization was for me and how deeply masculine and powerful I think it is as an act of inner alchemy and self-transformation. And so last night I was in the midst of this feeling of the scared little boy, the the little boy who's afraid that the woman in his life is going to go away and come back and, and have changed her mind. And um, I, I called Althea and talked to her on the phone and we've been cultivating this uh, kind of communication in our relationship where we just openly talk about these hard feelings. And so I reassured her that while I'm happy that she's um, visiting our family and having a great time and that I'm learning to grow in this situation that I, I had this feeling of this, of this sad little boy and I was really trying to take him by the hand and let him know that it's okay. And through conversation with her and doing these visualizations, I, a real sense of peace kind of came upon me. And this morning I woke up and uh, woke up early and was doing my um, prayer and meditation practice and in one of the Psalms um, that I read every morning as part of my prayer, uh, the Psalm starts out uh, that heaviness may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And that the tenderness and mercy of the Lord is new every morning and great is Hashem's faithfulness. And as I said those lines this morning and prayed those prayers, I was just struck at how wonderful it is to have a relationship with the transcendent where we get this experience that even in the midst of the darkest of the night, that that's actually where the flame of healing can burn the brightest. And that leaning in in those hard situations um, provides this great experience of freedom. Um, this is going to seem really rambly, maybe, or or I'm I'm definitely changing tracks and changing directions, but I think you'll be able to follow what what I'm saying. Um, as I said in the beginning, it's really easy to look at the conditions of the world today and get very discouraged with political situations, with climate situations, with what we perceive as economic and racial injustices and all of these things and, and get very discouraged. And, and really, um, it seems to me that there's a current in modern culture, at least, at least in the United States, I imagine worldwide, there's this current shift of the culture to where everyone is putting their faith into these temporal politics. Um, whether you put your faith in right-wing politics or left-wing politics, um, a, a continuous characteristic seems to be a uh, hiding from the shadow and a blaming of others. I noticed this. It really jumped out at me recently um, on Facebook where I saw people were posting um, a meme with a, with a quote from... Um, AOC, I, I can't ever think of her, her full name, um, Alexandria Cortez, um, Ocasio-Cortez, I think. Uh, 
where she was some quote about, you know, a billionaires shouldn't exist or, or no one makes a billion dollars. They steal a billion dollars or so, something like that. And, and I'm not wanting to spend time discussing the merits of that argument. Suffice it to say, I don't think it's correct. But the real point to me is that there is a danger in picking an other to blame for our problems. And to put our faith in the idea that if we could just get a hold of that bad person that's creating all the problems for our society, we would fix things. And I'm not convinced of a lot of things in the world. I try to keep this mind of, I recently heard this this Hebrew word from uh, Reb Katz. And it's hislamdus is the is the Hebrew word. And what it basically means is to keep an attitude of of openness and playfulness and curiosity about whatever's going on with you in the world. And so I try to keep this attitude of hislamdus and not being sure about very many things. But one thing that I am sure about is that freedom does not lie along the path of blaming an other. And as a modern Gnostic, the ultimate imperative is freedom. Gnosticism is a religion and a spirituality that through meditation and prayer and mythological understanding of the world vectors um, the compass of our attention towards freedom and liberation. And as Carl Jung said, quoting an ancient alchemical text, in filth you will find it. If your attention is vectored towards spiritual liberation and freedom, you have to look in the places that you absolutely do not want to look. You have to be willing to lean in to the uncomfortable and difficult areas. And you really are going to get nowhere by putting the blame for your situation, for your condition of delusion or enslavement, on other. It's really easy to do. It's a common trend. Uh, I mean, like if you look at the right wing in American politics, uh, to really simplify it, they put all the blame on uh, powerful corporations and immigrants, right? And foreign, foreign countries that are trying to destroy our way of life. And if you look at the left, they put all of the blame on powerful corporations, uh, the billionaire class, um, and you know, white supremacy or something. Everyone is, is seeking this external enemy. Uh, the truth of the matter is that the source, the ultimate source of our problems are in the fact that on the inner level, we are not free. We are spiritual beings. We are spirit soul. We are not just these bodies. This material world is not our final end destination. And it is not meant to be a place of political perfection or complete equality and, and um, uh, utopia. We're not going to create a utopia here. Um, it occurs to me as I say this, really the only way to create a utopia is to achieve spiritual uh, liberation and freedom within yourself. And then wherever you walk, you're in utopia. Wherever you stand, you're in heaven. Um, wherever you are, you take your enlightenment with you. This is the goal of the Gnostic path, is to seek deeper and deeper levels of freedom. 
And I think it's a really important spiritual practice to cultivate the attitude of gratitude to wherever you are right now listening to this podcast, whether you're sitting in your car, getting ready to go to work, or you're at home cleaning the dishes, or maybe you're walking around with one headphone in at your job, uh, doing your job, and you're listening to this podcast, just take a few moments to look around at your situation and to really cultivate a sense of gratitude and gratefulness for the incredible opportunity we have right now to achieve spiritual liberation and freedom. And I would take it a step further and invite you to expand out, if this is not your normal practice, and give a prayer of gratitude to Hashem, to the divine, to the highest as you conceive of it, to give a prayer of gratitude that you live in a time and a place and you have a, a body and a mind and the material conditions that allow you to pursue things like listening to podcasts about spiritual liberation and freedom. This is a rare opportunity. For most of recorded history, people have barely been scraping out and eking out an existence. We recently watched a documentary, um, Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, where Hamilton Morris went down somewhere into the Amazon um, to experiment with uh, frog medicine. And he was in this little town that was just absolutely wretched poverty. Like people were living just right on the edge of subsistence. And it occurred to me watching that, that I thought, you know, in a 2,000 years of life in that situation, would a Buddha ever walk out of there? And I'm not sure that one would. Uh, there's a teaching in traditional Buddhism that um, you have to have, you know, you have to be born into a place where you have the freedom to practice spiritual teachings. You have to cultivate the material conditions where you have enough leisure time to study and meditate and pray. You have to be born with a mind that's capable of comprehending the teachings. And you have to be born in an age where the teachings are even available, where they're alive, where they're being taught. Um, it's real easy to take all of these things for granted, to walk around in our, in our uh, plush American or European cities and, and bemoan the condition of the world and not realize that we are living right now with all of the conditions that are traditionally taught by the Buddha for full enlightenment. We have them all at our fingertips. Um, I would venture to guess that everyone listening to this podcast has enough leisure time to study and practice spiritual teachings and technology, that you have enough wealth that you're able to buy a few books, um, maybe you know, listen to some lectures or attend to teaching. Uh, if you're listening to this, you've been born into circumstances where you get to even hear these teachings. These are rare and you have a mind that you can understand it. These are precious, rare opportunities and something to be extremely grateful for. And so I'm recording this today. It's starting to rain. I'm going to stop my recording and, and head off to my job, which I'm extremely grateful for in this beautiful city, um, thinking about these high spiritual 
nourishing things, recognizing that what is looking through my eyes and hearing through my ears is exactly who and what I am, spirit, soul, that cannot be created, that cannot be destroyed, that is meant and destined for ultimate freedom. And I give thanks to the Most High for those things. And I hope listening to this brings you benefit, that it inspires you on the path, and that you go out there today with a heart full of gratitude and seek the mysteries. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to like and share the podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're interested in getting involved in the discussion of modern Gnosticism, inner alchemy, or experiencing the sacramental side of Gnostic ritual and meditation, you can reach out and get in contact with us on the podcast's Facebook page. Just search Modern Gnostic reach out, get part of the conversation, and stay tuned for more. This is Brian Stanford for Modern Gnostic, wishing you a wonderful day.